அலமதுல்லாஹிவாதிஹிலீனஸ்தஃபாஹிமீனஷைத்தாலிர்ஜீமிஸ்மில்லாஹிர்ரஹ்மானிர்ரஹீம் ரமதான்ஸ்மர்சி engage ourselves in a way that he becomes pleased that we gain our forgiveness our maghfirat and that the object of ramadan which is the acquiring of taqwa we gain this great wealth and blessing from allah tbaraka wa taala and by the time this mubarak month has left allah taala keep us alive to see the whole month then by that time we become such people who are the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. And as we have been discussing over the past few days, the Ibadur Rahman, Allah Ta'ala make us among these special servants. So the qualities of the Ibadur Rahman, the slaves of Allah Ta'ala, the slaves, the special slaves of Rahman, which we had already discussed, one was the aspect of their humility, and as a result of their humility they avoid disputes quarrels fights arguments this was discussed in some detail now to go on to the next quality that allah taala mentions in the quran sharif that these special servants of allah taala wal ladina yabituna li rabbihim sujjadaw wa qiyama we had mentioned previously also that the 13 aspects that are mentioned in these ayat from the commencement of this discussion wa ibadur rahman from that point there are 13 aspects that are mentioned in terms of the qualities of these special servants of allah taala and these 13 qualities encompass every aspect of deen mm. Mm. all the departments of deen are all included in this already the first aspect was akhlaq and the foundation of good akhlaq is humility the person who has truly acquired humility then he is almost on the road to gaining everything else so this whole department of akhlaq is more or less encompassed in this one aspect though this is not the only aspect of akhlaq but this already gives us the very great importance of akhlaq then the very important aspect of deen is ibadat so ibadat also there are various categories of ibadat the fard which there is no way that a person can compromise in can shirk in the five daily salah fasting in the month of ramadan person who has that minimum amount of wealth upon which zakat becomes compulsory and one year has passed whatever various masail pertain to it so to discharge the zakat in the month of ramadan many people discharge their zakat but one very important aspect in this regard is 
that one must have a proper zakat date. There must be a zakat date. Actually, the zakat date is the date on which one became the owner of nisab. So for the first time in one's life, for example, somebody started a job or somebody was given some gift or whatever the case is, but for the first time in their life they became the owner of nisab. So the day that they became the owner of nisab, whatever that date was, for example, that was the first of Muharram, for example. So then every year the first of Muharram is the person's zakat date. And hence the zakat must be calculated on that date, meaning the actual liability of zakat, how much is a person liable for, must be calculated on that date. And if it is not calculated on that date, it can become a problem. One is that a person can end up overpaying well and good, no problem. But a person can end up underpaying. For example, just to understand this, this was not planned to be discussed, but Allah Ta'ala make it a means of benefit for us, it's just come in. That supposing a person's zakat date is first of Muharram, because that's the date the person became a owner of Nisab. So now on that zakat date, the person is required to calculate what is the liability of zakat. All the zakatable assets. There are certain assets which are zakatable, certain assets which are not zakatable. Zakatable assets, for example, gold, silver, cash, etc., stock in trade. So there are certain zakatable assets. So all those zakatable assets will be added up. And then whatever liabilities a person has, those liabilities will be deducted. And then whatever is the surplus, liabilities, a person is still owing some money, etc., to some people, that will be deducted. And what is the surplus? So, for example, the surplus is 10,000 rands. So now, on 10,000 rands, the person is liable to pay 2.5%. So, 250 rands will be the zakat liability. So now, on the 1st of Muharram, this was the position and status. Now, we took a very small example that the surplus was 10... 10,000 rands, but let's say the surplus was 1 million rands, so the surplus was 1 million, so now 25,000 rands the person is liable to pay zakat. But he didn't do the calculation on the first of Muharram. He just took it for granted, I'll calculate whenever in Ramadan, Ramadan will come, then I'll calculate the zakat. Now when Ramadan came, by the time Ramadan came, he only had a surplus of 10,000 rands. Now, on 1st of Muharram, he had a surplus of 1 million. So, 25,000 rands was the zakat liability. But then, during the course of the months thereafter, he sold some assets, and he used up the cash, or whatever else happened, or with the cash that he had on hand, he bought a car that he needed. Now, that car is his primary vehicle, so there's no zakat liable on that. So, now, by the time the end of by the time Ramadan came, he had a surplus of 10,000 rands. So now he worked out all the zakatable assets minus the liabilities and 10,000 rands is the surplus. So 10,000 rands is going to pay 250 rands. Whereas what was his liability? 25,000 rands. And he's saying I'm going to pay 250 rands. Now he short paid his zakat by that extra 24,750 rands. 24,750 rands is short paid. Now this is how delicate it can become. 
So therefore what is required is that a person has to think back and identify which is one zakat date. But if perchance now whatever happened, happened, a person doesn't have any idea when they became the owner of Nisab, whatever the case might be, but they have Nisab, so then we have to identify, fix a date. Think about it. You can't come to a particular date, then fix the date, even if the date is first of Ramadan, for example. But then every year, as long as that the wealth that a person had did not come to zero, if in the interim of the year it fluctuated, came up and down, but didn't come to zero, but the end of the year, again, on the first of Ramadan, the person has Nisab. So whatever is on hand on the first of Ramadan, that is what will be now calculated. Regardless of what the fluctuations were, even on the 29th of Shaban, a person received another 100,000 rands. On the first of Ramadan, that too will be included in the calculation. And on the first of, first of Ramadan, the person will calculate what is the liability. Then that liability amounted to the zakat amount that one is liable for is 10,000 rands. Fine, you understood now what is your amount that you're liable for. Then on the second of Ramadan, you gave somebody 100 rands, then you gave somebody 1,000 rands, and the whole Ramadan came away. One should try to discharge it as quickly as possible. But nevertheless, that's not the problem that it was discharged over the few weeks, few months, though it should be done without delay as far as possible. So the point is that that zakat must be calculated on a proper zakat date. It must not be just haphazardly calculated. And if there are items of jewelry, etc., we must know exactly what is the true value of that gold amount in there, of that uh, silver amount in it. Otherwise, we just take some estimates, we might end up short paying. If we ended up paying extra, well and good, the balance will be sadaqa. But if we shortchanged the zakat, then that was a major deficiency and we didn't fulfill the fard obligation correctly. So in any case, this is a very important aspect to bear in mind. Often in the month of Ramadan, people are calculating their zakat. If we know what is our zakat date, the liability on that day, then even if it is paid in Ramadan, that's a different issue, it's fine, it's valid. But the actual amount that one is liable for must be worked out and calculated as per one's zakat date. There are various other masail that pertain to this. We should not just take some chances. If you understood the masla correctly, well and good. Otherwise, we find out from an alim. We check out the masla properly. But this is just to conscientize us that we need to be aware of these masail and calculate the zakat accordingly. So in any case, we were talking about ibadat. There are various categories of ibadat. Fard ibadat, which is all these aspects of deen, the salah, fasting, zakat, if hajj is compulsory upon a person to perform the hajj. So there is no way that we can compromise at all in these aspects. This is the most fundamental aspect of deen. These are the pillars of Islam. And shirking in this regard, this is a major sin and brings about difficulties and problems for us in dunya and in akhirat. So this is the first aspect that we can we need to bear in mind and we can never ever be complacent in this or be or be uh, shirking in this aspect at all. Then the second aspect is the sunnah, uh, the wajib. Wajib also falls alongside the fard. 
then is the sunnah, sunnah mu'akkada, that too is very emphasized and cannot be compromised. In a very rare situation, in a very rare situation, a person something he missed it, well, he won't be taken to task for that, inshallah, but he cannot afford to compromise this. Thereafter comes the sunnah ghair mu'akkada, one should try one's utmost to fulfill that as well. Without a valid uh, situation, one should not unnecessarily miss it. Because this too is very great. So the sunnat ghair muakkada, like the sunnats before the asar salah, now it's sunnat ghair muakkada, but regarding these sunnats, Rasulullah says, Rahimallahum ra'an salla qabla al-asri arba'an. Allah Ta'ala have mercy upon that person who performs four rakats before Asr. Now, we take it for granted, well, it's sunnah ghair muakkada, so let it be. But what did we lose out on? The dua of Rasulullah for Allah Ta'ala to shower his rahmat upon that person who performed the four rakats before Asr. Now, what a great benefit the dua of Rasulullah that Allah Ta'ala must bless somebody who bless somebody who performs the four rakats sunnahs before asr. So it is sunnah ghair muakkada, but can we imagine the benefit? We can't, it's beyond our imagination. So we cannot afford to compromise on these aspects as well. So this too is something that we should be making an effort, the four rakats before asr, the four rakats before isha. These are sunnah ghair muakkada, but we should try to be fulfilling that. Then together with the sunnah ghair muakkada come the nawafil. And this is what is being referred to in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif regarding the ibadur rahman. So now we understood all the categories that right at the top is the faraiz, the wajibat, the sunnah muakkada, then the sunnah ghair muakkada, and then come the nawafil. So Allah Ta'ala is speaking about the ibadur rahman that they have even the nawafil in their lives. So now the nawafil is right at the bottom of the rung in terms of the categories. Not that it is anything small, but in terms of the categories, it falls after the rest of the ibadah that was mentioned. So the ibadur rahman, they have this aspect in their lives as well, that they are careful about even their nawafil. So what can be said about their adherence to the sunnah ghair mu'akkada, the sunnah mu'akkada, that goes without saying that they will be very, very diligent about that. And there is no question about compromising on the wajib and fard. So this is not to say that these people don't have the sunnah mu'akkada and ghair mu'akkada in their lives. No, that is to a greater extent in their lives. Even the nawafil, Allah Ta'ala says, regarding the ibadur rahman, وَالَّذِينَ يَبِيتُونَ لِرَبِّهِمْ سُجَّدًا وَقِيَامًا that these are the people who, they spend their nights in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. They spend their nights in sajda, in qiyam, that is in salah. Now, spend the night, it doesn't necessarily require a person to spend the entire night to be counted among these people. How many people have that ability? And neither is that the sunnah that a person spends the entire night. It's not forbidden either, meaning the way that Nabi ﷺ had structured his night as a pattern for the ummah. So he slept for part of the night and he stood in salah for part of the night. But there were those personalities who 
had endeavored to exert themselves, that was not forbidden, that is not something wrong with it, many would spend the whole night in ibadat. Sa'id ibn Musayyab rahimahullah, it is mentioned about him, 20 years of his life, he performed his Fajr Salah with the wudu of Isha Salah. Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi, 40 years of his life, he performed his Fajr Salah with the wudu of the Isha Salah. In other words, the whole night went without a wink of sleep, that night was spent in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. That night was spent in tilawat, in nawafil, in making tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif in the nawafil. This is how the night was spent. And there are many, many personalities that spend the night in this manner. In the Sahaba, there were many Sahaba who used to exert themselves. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he set a pattern nevertheless for the ummah in general, that part of the night be spent in resting as well, and part of the night, Nabi ﷺ would sometimes create some ease, because if he had to continuously do it at a certain level, the concern was that it might become compulsory on the ummah. There are many aspects mentioned in the Hadith Sharif. Rasulullah ﷺ says, I, I made it a little lighter, and I sometimes let it be, I sometimes did not uh, engage in it, simply so that it become easy for the ummah. Otherwise, if I was never going to leave it on one occasion to, the ummah might, it might become further than the ummah. This was the shafqat, this was the grace and the compassion of Rasulullah on his ummah. But in any case, in principle, the ibadat of the night, this has very great virtue, very great blessing, and in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala is describing this as among the salient features of the Ibadur Rahman. That, وَقِيَامًا That they are those people who spend the nights in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. In shuku, in sajda, in qiyam, in salah, and other forms of ibadat as well. Does it mean that they perform ibadat at night and the day they just do anything and everything, they don't bother about what they do. No, that's not the case. When they have this in their lives, that they dedicate a good part of their night, or a, at least some portion of the night in ibadat, whereas that is the time that people are generally fast asleep, people are in a kind of ghaflat, but these are the servants of Allah Ta'ala, who dedicate some part of that night, wake up in the part of the night to perform the tahajjud salah. So when they are conscious of trying to please Allah Ta'ala in that last part of the night, in some portion of the night, it is far-fetched that they are going to be careless about the commands of Allah Ta'ala during the day, and careless about the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala during the day. So, the ibadur Rahman will not be people who have departmentalized their lives certain time for Allah's obedience and certain time for sin, na'uzubillah. No, their entire lives revolve around pleasing Allah Ta'ala. Then being insan, if perchance they slipped up somewhere, they will immediately make sincere tawbah and istighfar and repent and come back to Allah Ta'ala. So this is the special quality of the Ibadur Rahman, that they are all the time concerned about pleasing Allah Ta'ala. So the day, the day is a day, obviously. They're going to be conscious of Allah Ta'ala and fulfilling the ibadat. But even the nights, 
when others are asleep, when others are heedless, they are spending some time waking up in the dead of night to try and make a few rakats at least. So this is that very beautiful quality which Allah Ta'ala describes here of the Ibadur Rahman. So inshallah in the days to come, inshallah tomorrow Allah Ta'ala give tawfiq, we'll continue with this discussion. We are, inshallah we'll keep this program short so that we can plan for waking up early in the morning, can sleep earlier, do whatever ibadat is possible at night, and then get to bed a little earlier, wake up early as well, and try to engage in some tahajjud salah, etc. This is the ideal time to inculcate all these qualities. This is the month of Ramadan already. With the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, inshallah, we will be waking up for sahri. That is the time of tahajjud. So we wake up just a little bit earlier also. We try to wake up more earlier, all the better. But at least 15-20 minutes, 25 minutes, half an hour earlier. And get at least two rakats, four rakats of tahajjud. And some time for dua. That's the bare minimum. And more than that, all the better. So, this is a great opportunity. We should never let this go by. Never miss out on this very great ibadat. This very great aspect which has been mentioned in the Quran Sharif as well. Which inshallah we will discuss. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for two minutes and then dua inshallah. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم 
اللہ اللہ اللہ
ilahul alamin make us your obedient servants ya Allah save us from all the fitna and fasad ya Allah ya Allah throughout the world wherever the Muslims are in any suffering and pain and hardship ya Allah you remove it with afiyat ya Allah you grant afiyat to one and all ya Allah those are in financial difficulties remove it with afiyat ya Allah grant barakat in each one's risk ya Allah grant us halal and tayyib risk ya Allah save us from every drop and grain of haram ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah all those are sick give them complete shifa and afiyat ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah ya Allah in this mubarak month ya Allah ya Allah you enable us to ya Allah ya Allah earn your pleasure ya Allah enable us to earn our forgiveness ya Allah ilahul alamin out of your grace and mercy grant us the forgiveness ya Allah ilahul alamin accept each one's ibadat ya Allah one's ibadat ya Allah accept each one's ramadan that will come ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah Ya Allah, all the, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam begged for, Ya Allah, we are also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, sought refuge from, Ya Allah, grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Allahum inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min shari masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين